Welcome back to Trumpcated Thoughts presented by Prescouter. I'm Jeremy Schmerer and I'm joined by Dr. Ryan LaRanger. While we have no shortage of episode topics, we are inviting our listeners to suggest a topic for a future episode. Suggestions can be sent directly to me at jschmerer at prescouter.com. That's J-S-C-H-M-E-R-E-R at prescouter.com. My email is also in the show notes, of course. Okay, today we will open up a conversation around cardiac devices. Now, Ryan, the cardio space is overwhelmingly massive. We've got a host of conditions, treatments. We've got the pacemaker, stents, defibrillators, monitors, and many other devices. Are you hearing of anything exciting, any devices for cardiology procedures we can discuss today? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's an enormous space and it's, there's a lot of challenge there. And let me sort of start at a high level. Let's talk about some things that work, that are exciting, some things that have some hype, but aren't quite there yet, and sort of why it all matters. So uh, first of all, just for heart disease, just general introduction, one of the challenges with heart disease is once you've had something like a heart attack or myocardial infarction, um, uh, some of that damage never goes away. It never heals. Your heart's always weaker. You can do surgery to recover a bit, but it's the heart is not a very regenerative organ and it's constantly working. So a number of groups are working on ways to um, make it easier to do surgery on the heart. A number of groups are working on trying to find ways to actually repair the heart, which is really exciting, some of which are working, some of which aren't. And there are also a number of devices that are being made, which are smaller, easier to implant remote, that can increase uh, basically the lifetime of a heart. So that's kind of the general space and part of why this is such a huge area of interest to the medical community. Does that generally speaking track? Is that pretty clear? Yeah, I'm with you so far. Let's maybe dive into what you mean by some of these smaller implantable devices. Are you talking about stents? I mean, I know that applies to only some procedures, but give us some idea of what you mean by that. Oh, okay. Oh, this is great. Um, just uh, before I do, I would be really remiss in mentioning uh, there are some drugs that it's the drug space. It's a little bit harder as it's, there are a number of drugs in the cardiovascular space, which have been working for a while, but there's just, there's a line of um, SGL2, SGL2 inhibitors, which are sort of a diabetes drug, which are being used to take care of diabetics with cardiovascular problems that have been seeing some really strong results. So I just wanted to talk about those because there is something going on in the pharmaceutical side, sure, uh, sure. but we're not going to talk about it too much right now. Um, in terms of implantable devices, there have been a few really exciting ones. Uh, one of my favorites is an implantable pacemaker. So uh, this is a pacemaker that's, uh, or uh, implantable defibrillator, I should say, my apologies. Um, unlike a subcutaneous defibrillator, Fibrillator, it just uses a flexible uh, sort of string device. It doesn't have leads to the heart per se. Um, it can be connected to a smartphone. It works pretty well. It's pretty exciting. Um, there are a number of these other kinds of devices too. My, my personal absolute favorite is actually a patch of engineered protein, which has a couple of factors in it, which you basically attach to a damaged heart. And there are trials ongoing presently, which are suggesting that this can result in uh, actual repair of function 
to the heart by inducing the ingrowth of natural cells sort of into that matrix and the absorption of the correct protein into it. Let me back you up. What exactly do you mean by, by the patch? How is this made? How does it actually attach? How does it release what it needs to release or do its job? I'm a little foggy still on that. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, some of that is proprietary. <laughs> but the general idea is you can imagine a mesh, right, which is going to slow release a drug which is basically sewn on to the damaged area of the heart. And then over time, it's absorbed. Uh, cells basically grow into it. So it's a pretty straightforward construction, actually, just with uh, these uh, proteins embedded in the mesh, which then get absorbed by the tissue. Now, now oh, sorry, go on. Well, is, is this something that needs to be done like regularly does it last for a certain amount of time where where then maybe you need to like reload i'm doing air quotes here but do you need to reload the the patch if you will so the idea for most of these kinds of regenerative medicine applications is that uh, you do them once and you get the reparative effect uh, there are other groups that are working on effectively muscle patches where you engineer cardiac muscle um, to affect or repair response by actually grafting it on. So you can do this with the patient cells. We spoke about this a little bit the other week. Um, and then you basically use some very interesting bioreactor setups in order to the induce the striation and the growth of the muscle tissue. So then you could attach it. So there are a couple of these groups. There have been, so a number of firms have been working on injectable stem cells. Uh, particularly mesenchymal stem cells to affect a repair response. The clinical trial data there has been uh, uh, not so perfect. Um, we have yet to see really conclusive evidence on that front one way or the other. Uh, some of it's likely a matter of optimization and the cells just leaving. But uh, that's sort of something to keep in mind. Does all of that make sense? Yeah, I think that that's something we should continue to follow. And if there's you know more developments, we can bring it back up on a future episode. But let's let's go back to something you mentioned about the connected device nature, right? So something that is implanted and you can sort of track it on your phone. How does that work? Are you able to actually see real time diagnostics? I you know fortunately don't have a heart condition, uh, so I don't know. Kind of, I haven't seen how that works. Tell us a little bit about that. So with these kinds of sensors, you know, uh, your defibrillators uh, or your leadless pacemakers, uh, these kinds of systems can have a link with something like a smartphone. Um, and it depends a little bit on what you need. It's There are some systems which interface with directly with clients or clients <laughs> directly with patients and they get to see you know some of what's going on the main customer of that data though are the physician because all, the kind of data that you get out of these things it, it, it's not going to make a lot of sense to a patient and a big concern talking about sort of telemedicine connected devices and patient visibility is you don't 
want to scare them. You don't want to send them to WebMD and have them, you know, suddenly thinking that they have they're in the middle of a heart attack, right? It, it's um, they don't necessarily have the context, and this is a really big debate and very off topic, but it, it's something definitely worth discussing moving forward. Well, you bring up an interesting point about you know not to scare certain people, right? I think. When we hear that someone is undergoing or you know going to need heart surgery, people get scared, and I think a lot of us are are trying to understand how can this be made safer. What work is being done to make heart procedures less invasive? You've alluded to some already, but maybe as closing remarks, what can you tell us there? Just one thing, just in terms of closing remarks before we go into that, uh, there's one other group. It's not, it's an implantable, but it's not something that's sort of small necessarily. Uh, some of the valve and valve surgeries and so on that have been going on, uh, people have been getting very good at doing invasive, minimally invasive heart surgery. Uh, valve, engineered valves are incredible, but there's the, a group that's working on a soft robot that actually envelops the heart and helps it beat that I just thought was amazing. Always going back to robotics. <laughs> but it's this sort of thing is very, very fascinating. It works on a couple of levels, right? Uh, it sort of addresses what we're, we were talking about earlier. Um, it also has a couple of problems in terms of how do you make sure that this soft robot can survive for a long time without getting attacked by the immune system, et cetera, et cetera. So it hits some of those notes. Um, was there anything else you wanted me to address there? No, I, I think we just wanted to have a, you know, a peace of mind, anything we can give to folks, you know, about the safety and the future safety of, of heart surgeries or heart oh. procedures. I mean, so one of the really encouraging things is this is one of the challenges with big heart surgeries, right? It's even when someone is as careful as possible, you might lose some function because any oxidative, da any damage where you're not getting enough oxygen for too long, uh, that can cause permanent damage to the heart. But as these regenerative medicines improve, these reparative techniques get better, there's more tolerance for if something goes wrong, there are ways to actually deal with it and repair. It's not all zero-sum game as much anymore. And some of the clinical trials we're seeing, even with some of the more uh, in suspension stem cell approaches are starting to see some positive results. So, you know, fingers crossed, obviously, but things are looking pretty good. Sounds good. Thanks for that. Um, okay. That is all the time we have for today. Again, we're interested in hearing about what topics you would like us to focus on. We can go on forever, of course. So drop us an email. Also, if you're not a subscriber already, you should be. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify and Stitcher. In our next episode, we'll dive into bioreactors, which may just be an area of particular interest for Ryan. So uh, until then, thanks for listening. Thanks.